It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Welcome, everybody, to the ultimate Cleveland sports show. I feel so. I was just telling Mike, I, you know, we've gone down to this three days a week, although we've been there three days a week for a couple of weeks now, and I'm already trying to, you know, manipulate my schedule with Steve because I don't like working three days a week. It's not. So you it want, feels disjointed. Do you, do you want to go to, like, two days? Well, no. I want to work more than that. So, okay. like, I think I'm trying to work out something where I take a few weeks off, like where I'm totally off, but I work four or five days the other week. So, I feel... Cause it's three days a week. I'm feeling so disjointed. I got, I need to be here more, G. When I'm when I'm here. So I don't know. You, so you like so you like a teacher. You want the teacher schedule. Yeah, I kind of want the teacher <laughs> schedule. I don't know. We'll see. We'll work it all out. But it's good to see you guys. Been almost a week for me. Uh, Earl, you were on the panel yesterday. No, Mike Monday. was on the panel yesterday. You were on Monday. G was here Monday. So we got a lot to get to today. Let's first say hello to Mikey McNuggets behind the glass before we get into all the what's up, guys nonsense and and all the topics. Some of the topics today, including. A wacky list from the 33rd team of quarterback rankings. We're not really going to dive into the list as much as to how do you figure out where Deshaun Watson should be ranked. Uh, Also, we're going to talk about Nick Chubb and how imperative it is for the Browns or not to bring him back. We'll talk some Cavs. I know you guys had a conversation yesterday about Cavs versus Browns. Who's got the best chance to win? We're going to do a little more on that on Friday. But anyway, go to Mike for a minute. How you doing, Mike? What's up, guys? Uh, I like the fits all around the board today. Earl's rocking the Evan Mobley jersey. G, in a way, resembles a Clementine, in a giant Clementine. Uh, my G name and the is the Giant Peach. Uh, shout out to the uh, Power Ranger villain Goldar. I don't know. Anthony, what, do you know Goldar? I don't know anything about that? You just pulled a deep dive anime character. Not even Anthony Antonelli knows. Yeah, I don't know. Anthony pa- doesn't watch Power Rangers. Power Rangers? You don't remember Goldar? That. I bet you he remembers the phrase, make my monster grow, pause. No, he doesn't watch Power Rangers. Balls in the power black. I mean, I wear uh, this is just a regular shirt. I don't even know if it's black. I think it's navy. You weren't here yesterday, Bull, but we have to update the fans on something. Hey, what, Anyone watching? Hold on. First of all, where are you getting these jerseys from, bro? Yeah, all of, like, sudden, all, all, all of a sudden. All of a sudden, Earl, listen, Earl got these jerseys. He had the Donovan Mitchell joint on. Now he got the Mobley. Let me see. Yeah, it's on. It's on. Okay. I don't want to be out here with that iron on, boy. I like it. Hey, listen, listen. We ain't talking about the jerseys. Child support watching, man. Hush. Hush. I get him all the time, bro. I be getting him all the time. I'm like, snitching right look, there. Look, look at that, man. That look like one of them NBA.com boys. Yeah. That, that's, that, that, that 109. <laughs> it is a nice jersey. Yeah. Go crazy, man. It is a nice jersey. Mike, what did you want to get to? So yesterday, yeah. to start the show, <clears throat> We talked about potential alternate intro music for UCSS. Yeah. And we, Earl had mentioned a song, and Jason hadn't heard it. 
And then we talked about Super Bowl performers for next season, how Little Wayne is uh, champion to be the guy who performs in New Orleans, where he's from. Whoa. And Jason was not super familiar with Little Wayne. So after oh, the Lord. show, Jason came upstairs, and we showed him a few Little Wayne songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's, just see, let's just say seeing Jason listen, and this is the, the cream of the crop era of music videos, so we were playing the music videos too. Jason was uh, – all on Cream board, the crop era of music videos was the 80s. What are you talking about? Nah, nah. Come nah. on, boy. Come on. Earl, Earl come and G on. know what I'm talking about. What? On, they were movie on, production. Come on, boy. Yeah, yeah. Come I on mean, now. you guys are flat out embarrassing yourselves right now. Thriller was the greatest music video ever. Right. No? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. Okay. Um, so That was the, 80s. Here's the thing. When you talk about the budgets, right? Yeah. Like, so shout out to Hype Williams. When you get into the late 90s. Yeah early 2000s on to the 2010s. I think yeah. it stopped probably like 09. People yeah. were spending a million, two million dollars just on really? treatments. A oh, I thought you were saying video. right now. I didn't even oh, know no. that made There's it. no such thing as videos. They got rid of yeah. TRL yeah. and they got rid of 106 and Park. Without yeah. those, like, it's just like, it's out. that was All the right, era. So, of, yeah. Oh, so Lil Wayne was big in the, in the 2000s, early 2000s? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't. Huge. I mean, I've heard of him, but I don't know any of he his was, music. He was. He was. Oh, we got to put you on too. Jason Lil, was Lil Wayne is one of the greatest rappers. He ever is made. the greatest rapper alive yeah. since, okay. since um, the other rapper yeah. retired. But I still think the intro should be "Swing My Dough." Go right. ahead. Are you playing something? No, we have the, we have enough budget to play one second of the song, so we're just oh. going to ignore playing the song. But I just want to say, yeah. watching Jason in real time, listen and see some of Lil Wayne's. Biggest I, hits was uh, was pretty spectacular to watch, and oh, we should do this with you after the show, yeah. Bowl, and we'll record you watching and listening to some little Wayne, okay, some little Wayne bangers. I um, I like '80s rap music. I don't know that I like. I mean, I don't like modern rap music. I like mm-hmm. old school rap music. I like Run DMC. So you like uh, Beastie Boys, Run DMC? I do like Beastie Boys. LL I like Run DMC. I like LL Cool J. You have Apple Music. I do. So if I share if I share my playlist with you at the work, I will give it a try. Give it a try for the rest of the. I give it a try. I'm I'm really just like I don't like country, I don't like rap, I don't like disco. That's terrible. I'm listening to Lil Boosie latest album. I'm listening to a lot of Big X to plug. I I don't know any of these people. Listen to a lot of Lil Baby. I listen to. Listen to Young Dolph every day. I know there. Did we discuss this on this show? I can't remember how long ago I had this conversation, but there's a female rapper who went to my high school who I think is somewhat who? big. I don't, can't think of her name. Ice Spice? Because she went years after me. MC Light? I don't know. I'd have to look her up. Lil' Kim? Nah, I don't know. I don't Cardi know if she's B? like a superstar. I think she was like a, a mid-tier rapper. But anyway, uh, that oh, a couple of things. First of all, did you guys discuss the Super Bowl commercials at all? Actually, we didn't. We thought not, they yeah, fell off. I yeah, thought we were not the impressed. You said what did I say, Mike? Overall, not impressed. I thought the Dunkin' Donuts commercial with Ben Affleck and that Ken, was good. And Matt Damon and and uh, did you see Tom the extended Brady. cut they put out on Twitter? I today? did see that. Did you guys that see awesome. that commercial? The four minute version of that yes. one? Yes, yes, that was that, that wasn't bad. That was good. I thought all the rest of the commercials were crap. I thought the Dr Pepper commercial was funny. Which one was that? The uh, transfer portal commercial. It was like towards the beginning. I didn't see that one. But that yeah, but that's that old funny. though, ain't it? It was like we're losing that was our the quarterback. Time, uh, that's the first time I had seen. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think the commercials might have been different depending depending on like how you watch the game, because there were some people watching on Paramount Plus, and some people watching on CBS, and you know I don't know. But anyway, anybody else for a good commercial? Paramount Plus commercial. 
But that came out like two, it came out like two <coughs> yeah, weeks that ago, was, though. It was cool how they honored Carl Weathers at the end of that, you know, which was pretty cool. But. Did, did, did Gronk kick that field goal? He no. Missed it. He missed it. No, he didn't even come close. No, he shanked it, completely shanked it. He was terrible. By the way, I actually got mad at my therapist. So I had therapy this morning. I go for therapy, and I went to my therapist this morning. I got mad at my therapist because, this is funny, we were talking about, and shout out to Sheila. She's a great therapist and was really helpful today. But there was mo- in my therapy session, we were talking about pizza, right? And she told me that she... She said the only pizza she likes is from this one restaurant, and it's a, ch- a buffalo chicken pizza. And I just rolled my eyes at her. I said, Sheila, that is inappropriate. You, do you I told my therapist she was inappropriate. I said, buffalo chicken pizza is not pizza. Call it something else. Now, she's a great therapist, and it was a very productive session. Besides that 30 seconds of buffalo chicken pizza. Why but, didn't you tell her she was out of pocket? I, I should have said she was out of pocket. You're right. Yeah, it didn't yeah. come to me. I just said it was inappropriate. But uh, she was out of pocket with that. You, you know, that just reminds me. Remember, California Pizza Kitchen was huge? Yeah, for a while. And then didn't LeBron own some of those? Yeah, I think it didn't. He did some Blazes Blaze, or something. Right? Oh, yeah, Blaze. That's right. And then, um, yeah, but now you don't see them too much anymore. Yeah, you don't. You know, it's like the hard rock That is cafe. true. You don't see that at all. <laughs> at all. You don't see California Pizza Kitchen. Yeah, all right, Mike, crazy. what do we got for What do you got for Let's us? Let's get into our first read. We'll yeah. dive into some topics today. If you're looking to get buckets during the NBA season, there's no better place to score than FanDuel America's number one sports book because right now, brand new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to shoot your shot. FanDuel, an official partner of the NBA. And today's winning ticket comes on an NBA Cavs bet from Lip Gallagher, who had a seven-part same-game parlay, turned 10 bucks into $160.16 in the Cavaliers-76ers game on Monday night. He said the only thing he wished is they got to win as well, but he'll still take the $160 on a $10 bet with this six-part same-game parlay. If you have a winning ticket, make sure you tweet at us as always. And we will feature them on the show moving forward. I feel like when I came in, when I, I was the first one in this part of the the building today, and then Anthony came. I was walking to the bathroom in the back, and Anthony came through the door, and he looked at me as if he didn't recognize me for a second. Or I don't know what was going on with you, Anthony. Did something happen? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Anthony says, oh. He was in his mind. I was like, hey, Anthony. And he was just kind of like looking at me like he was lost in the soup or didn't recognize me or something. It was very strange. Well, speaking of lost in the soup, let's get into some quarterback (laughs) rankings. Yes. And... We want to preface this. We're going to show you these rankings in a second. We're not here to argue the minutia of who was ranked where because this Well, I'd list, hardly say it's minutia. Well, the the big picture of who's ranked is specifically the rankings are, where. It's, 
we don't rankings, agree with much of this list. This list is objectively list. terrible. Yeah. This list, we disagree with. There's a bigger picture that we're going to ask a question about. But Anthony, take tag board full here. This is from the 33rd team in their <clears> pre-free <throat> agency quarterback rankings for the 2024 offseason. They have Deshaun Watson at 27. Yeah, well, now, what else stands out to you before we dive Let me make it very question? clear. This is not a they. This is one guy who works for the 33rd team. It's one individual person. Fair. It's Peter Class. Right. Who I don't know who he is doesn't mean he's not a smart. He's listed as a football analyst and scout. So, whatever. Listen, everybody. I, I shit on people's opinions all the time. It's not fair. But ultimately, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Your list is your list. You know, there's no. We can't factually say that, you know, most of this is opinion. Yeah, nobody's going to put Desmond Ritter ahead of Patrick Mahomes. That would be ludicrous. But ultimately, it's all opinion. And his opinion seems kind of batshit crazy to me because everything's all over the place. I mean, he's got Jalen Hurts at, like, 17, which seems kind of nuts. I mean, I mean, he got Bryce Young, like, at, like, 20-something. or Like, Bryce Young's ahead of, like, some, some dope people. Yeah, I mean – uh, Bryce, yeah, right. Based on last year, I wouldn't put Bryce Young. I mean, I guess I'd put Bryce Young ahead of Bailey Zappi and yeah, uh, like Aiden that. O'Connell. <clears throat> At least he's got that. Now, when it comes to ranking quarterbacks, you know, I guess you do it however you want. He didn't give his criteria. He didn't say, this is just based on last year. This is just based on what <clears throat> I expect for next year. I don't know what his criteria was for his list because some of these guys, some of the players on there are so out of whack. I think the bigger question is, with Deshaun Watson, he has Deshaun Watson at 27, right? Correct. Behind Desmond Ritter and Bryce Young at 25 okay. and 26. Now, whether you spe- specifically agree about where he should be ranked or where you think Deshaun Watson should be ranked, I guess the question we're asking is, how do you guys, when you're ranking quarterbacks, now, let's keep in mind, we're all a little biased because here in Cleveland, we're going to probably make a stronger case for a Deshaun Watson comeback and belief in Deshaun Watson than a neutral observer would. Same thing for any other quarterback with their fan base. Any fan, Except for the really crappy quarterbacks at the bottom, 24, 25, 26 fan bases are going to inflate their own player. Uh, I think that's just the nature of fandom. But when you rank Deshaun Watson... How much do you, how, at this point, how much can you still factor in, if at all, <clears throat> what he did in Houston? Uh, we'll start with you, G. What do you, um, how many years ago has that been? He has, that he played in Houston, it was the 2020 season. So, so what, what is that, four years There's ago? It's been three, three years three since he played in Houston. Three seasons removed since yeah. his last okay. year in Houston. Um, this will be the fourth season coming up. The way, the way I look at it, like, is this. Um, one of the things that we always um, interject and put into it is basically injuries. Like, you know, if a person's injured for a whole year or, or consistently injured, I think one of the things that we do is we naturally take some points off um, because you, you, you haven't seen that level of play. And, it's in, you know, you're, you're just basically guessing. If he was to play, what would he look like? If he was to play, would he be a top 10 quarterback? And because we only have what we go on uh, for, you know, the six games or 11 games that he played or whatever the case may be, it's natural for people to be like, no, I don't believe it. Like, or, yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing this person all the time. And, like, you know, my dad used to always say this. He says, man, you can like girlfriends all you want. I don't try to – high school girlfriends don't count. 
he was like, uh, the only reason you talk to that girl is because if I didn't make you go to school and your and her parents didn't make her go to school, we go to jail. So <laughs> that's the only reason y'all talk. Like it, y'all ain't got nothing in common. Yeah. You ain't even developed no personality. So like proximity is in recency is what we look at. And if you're looking at that just like that, like if we haven't seen him play, we haven't we we have don't have enough faith to say, oh well, I just saw Josh Allen for throw all these I'll throw for all these yards. Yeah. You making it up a little bit. Like if you, you you like really like, okay, I like that person, so I'm gonna give them a bit of a doubt. So for me, it's all about what you do and how often and recent you've done it. So if they wanna put Deshaun Watson at two, mm-hmm. 24, 27, there's really nothing you can say about it. You just got to respect it and say, well, you know, go out and prove it wrong. But I, I can't be mad at somebody saying he's in the 20s because he hasn't played enough. Like, that's not their job to go look around and be completely fair to everybody. They're just going by what they're seeing. I mean, like you said, it's his opinion. Uh, it's his list. Do what the hell you want to do with it. I think his list is BS. You got Joe Burrow at nine. We know that's BS. You got, uh, what's his name, Anthony Richardson. At, ahead, 15. At, at 15 ahead of, ahead of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that doesn't um, make much sense. If I was making a list, I think I would base my list off of last year's performance and what I think that person would do this upcoming season. So for me, what Deshaun Watson did in Houston is irrelevant. You wear orange or brown now. Uh, I would probably have Deshaun Watson somewhere between 15 and 18 if it was me because I've seen him for 12 games in the Cleveland Browns uniform and he has a winning record in those games. Now, <clears throat> the performance have been subpar, but the last time I seen Deshaun Watson, he was 14 for 14 in yep. the second half with a bump shoulder. And throughout the season, you seen spurts of Deshaun Watson really showing he still has the athleticism, he still can make the crisp decisions, and he can still like put points on the board, make big plays. I think the biggest hurdle for Deshaun Watson has always been a mental, right? It seems like every time, ever since he's been through what he's been through and he tries to bounce back from that, it's like another hurdle stands in his way. You know what I mean? Coming off the best game that we probably seen or the best half, we seen him play in the Cleveland Browns uniform. You turn around and then his season is over. And yet here's another hurdle. And I think that the more adversity that you go through, it starts to wear on you mentally. And so for me, if he can overcome the mental hurdles, I think then he can return to top 10 form because I still see every other aspects the NBA still being there for him. For me, when I when I if I were making a quarterback ranking list, if I would do it during the season, like from the midway point of the season to the end of the season, I would base it just on that season alone. Because that's what's going on right now. A list like this when I'm you know, he even called it his 24 list, so it's a looking ahead. Mm-hmm. So what I would do for me is I would base it mostly on the 23 season and my expectations for the player on the 24 season. And that's the only place where the Texans Deshaun Watson plays a role. Because if Deshaun hadn't, let's say his career started just these last two years, well, we'd have no expectations for him because we'd never seen him play good or consistently good like he did in Houston. Right. So that his play in Houston plays a role for me at least somewhat, not maybe not a high percentage, but at least a percentage in how good I think he's going to be next year, right? Because I've seen that player. But in terms of what he actually accomplished there, I'm not, at this point, I can't give him credit for that in terms of where I rank him because it's been too many years. I, I look into last year, 
what I think for next year, and then probably a small percentage what he did the year before, which also wasn't very good in his case. But I'm just talking in general what they did in 2022. So if I – now, I the only thing I disagree with you, either of you, is when Earl said, well, his record's good. To me, that's irrelevant. Uh, it's it's. I think that's a crutch that people are using to give Deshaun Watson some credit that, in my opinion, he doesn't deserve. Because in Houston, his last year, he was phenomenal. His record sucked. And a lot of people giving him – I'm not saying this is the case with you, but a lot of people giving him credit for his record in Cleveland were the same ones that were defending him for his crappy record in Houston that last year because he played great. Now, I defended Deshaun Watson – I didn't care about, not that I didn't care about his record in his last year in Houston, but I thought he played great and their record was crappy and it had little to do with him. And I don't think he, I don't think his four and one record this year is indicative of how he played. He was okay, but he wasn't four and one good. He wasn't 80 winning percentage good, in my opinion. So where I would have Deshaun Watson right now is around 20. I think he's between 18 and 22. I think that's a fair rating for him because he hasn't done anything for three years. In fact, if we're just basing it on the last two years, you'd probably have to put him lower. I'm having him higher because I still believe that that guy is there, and I think we could see it this year. But ultimately, I'd have to put him that low. Now, to your point, you said, well, listen, he hasn't done anything, so that's why he's low. Think about Matthew Stafford, right? On this guy's list, now I don't agree that Matthew Stafford should be this high. But Matthew Stafford's number five on his list. Now, even if we say that's too high, you'd still have Matthew Stafford at the very least in the top 15. Top, yeah, top very 10. Very least, Top right? 10 for me. Last year, if you were doing this list a year ago, you wouldn't have Matthew Stafford. You'd have Matthew Stafford where Deshaun Watson was. Right. Because he was coming off an injury-plagued year where he didn't play well, and even though it hadn't been as many years as Deshaun, he's older. So you thought, I, I think a lot of people thought, well, Stafford's done. That's the end, beginning of the end. And he bounced back. <clears throat> Even Baker, who I think he has Baker 20th. Baker Correct. would have been 30th last year. I, I think I think a lot of it goes on likability, too. Um, look, Daniel Jones is, is I think Daniel Jones, he got him, what, 15 or 16? No, 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 no. Daniel Jones is only a couple of spots ahead of. What, what, can you throw that back up real what quick? Was the, where was Daniel Jones? Like 24, 25? Daniel Jones is 23. Okay. Oh, 23. Da- Daniel a few Jones, spots ahead. Daniel Jones is 23. He was pretty much hurt for the whole season. Uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, Daniel Jones was objectively worse than Watson this past year. Desmond Ritter is not going to be a quarter, the starting sucks, quarterback. Yeah. yeah, he's not good. Uh, Bryce Young was not good. David. Uh, Derek Carr was not good last year. I, I think if you look at 21 to 26, I would make a case that I'd put Watson ahead of all and, those guys, except for Russell Wilson. I can make Russell Wilson ahead now, of Now, take a look at this. Do you know offhand what Tua's numbers is? His, 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 uh, his uh, yards and, and touchdowns and stuff? They were good. Do you throw for like... Injuries? Tua's statistics. Tua, Tua, yeah. Tua's because he has Tua like 19 or 20. Yeah, that, see, this is... That, Right. And, and when, what I'm starting, what I'm trying to look for is more. I got than, his numbers, G. You want it real quick? Yeah, go ahead. He threw for 4,624 yards, which led the NFL. <laughs> he threw 29 <laughs> touchdowns, tied for there you fifth. Go. There you go. And 14 I want, interceptions. I don't want to talk about it. So this guy, listen. Right. This guy is really basing this list on what he thinks of the player. Right. Not just what they did last year. There it is. And what he <clears> thinks <throat> the player is going to be going forward. Now. Uh, anyway, so go ahead. So what you just said, he's basing yeah. this list off of what he thinks of the player. I think that, yeah. Here's the first two sentences of, of the write-up of Deshaun Watson. Yeah. 
I'm over it with Deshaun Watson. Oh, yep. The only players on this list lower than him are either clear backups or younger players with something more to prove. Mike, can I get that list? And pull it back up. Yep. How the hell are you gonna tell me guys like Richardson uh, has proved more than Deshaun Watson? It's not or, true. Or, or, well, or, or, or Daniel Jones has proved more than Deshaun Watson. To. You know, just, just if if you just look at the list. Yeah. See, we we but often he's not saying that. But, but we often talk about yeah. our biases when it comes to Deshaun Watson, right? right. We're Browns fans. We work in the city. We live in the yeah. city. Naturally, if you're if you've been a fan of Deshaun Watson, naturally you have some biases towards him. But to me, that sounds like somebody with a bias towards Deshaun Watson as well. I, I think, don't think so. I mean, he might. I think so as well. But I don't. I, 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 don't I definitely. So based when, on when, what he said, he said. But you got to read the rest. He talks. It's no, not, no. He, I read the rest. He doesn't say anything about the off the field stuff. I read the rest. But what yeah. you said is this yeah. is based on what he thinks of the player, right? Right. So there's a bias there, which he's over it. Well, hey, do, do sometimes yeah. you know? One of my favorite lines, Lupe Fiasco said, "I ain't got to say it to say it." I don't got to just specifically be like, you know, I don't like you at all. Well, I can, but 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 here's the thing. He thinks that Tua is a poser. He yes. thinks Tua, Tua is a poser. He has weapons, but he's not no quarterback that he would yeah. he would put it in well, that. Based that's on why. his rankings, he's got Tua, Hurts, and Brock Purdy all as posers. So because they're all between fifteen and twenty. And you got a rookie quarterback ahead of them who played well, what three or four that's games. Opinion. I mean, listen, because he, I ain't knocking him for it. I'm yeah. just saying he like like it's, it's it's like one of them things like you know we all got a, a, a an affinity or a perception of who we like. He liked yeah. what he liked. Right. But but you there are there are some objective things right. You can have an opinion, but it come, it, there's a there's a uh, there's a baseline, and if you go below that baseline, then you could be disregarded. I, I, if you if somebody came in and, and somebody said, "Hey man, yeah. Desmond Ritter is better than Mahomes," the conversation's over. I, right, I can't right. talk to you. I, listen, this guy's list, I, I don't really care for. It. To me, it's irrelevant. The que- I, I think the bigger question is, and I think we're all in somewhat agreement that Deshaun Watson. I think Earl may be a little higher, but that putting Deshaun Watson around 20 is reasonable. It's reasonable. I asked the chat, by the way, yeah. and before I read you the answer, we have 241 votes. I asked a simple question. How should we rank Deshaun Watson heading into 2024? Two options, based on the last two seasons or based on his reputation. This is our chat, UCSS chat. All three, what do you think the results are? Your two options are based on the last two seasons or based on reputation? 50-50. G, what do you think? Um, I think the last two years. Earl? I'm going to say reputation. So we have literally a split. It is a 75-25 result based on the last two years, mm. which surprises me because yeah. we love our chat. They're our friends, but a lot of times they are the extreme of the extreme in giving someone the benefit of the doubt. But yeah. if they're willing to go 75-25 last two seasons – they're kind of in agreement with both all three of you and, guys. And this is ultimately just a fun conversation to have because it doesn't really matter right. whether some guy from the 2033rd team ranks Deshaun Watson fifth or 27th has nothing to do with how but, he's going to play next believe, year. Believe Big it time. or not, believe yeah. it or not, I think that, that, that this guy's opinion is more in line with the Browns' opinion, the Browns fans' opinion of Deshaun Watson. Like, like, I, you know, I wish people would just call a spade a spade. There's a lot of people. I would say over 50% of the people <laughs> do not like Deshaun Watson here in Cleveland. But it's over 50? Heck yeah. But wait a second, G. Here's what I would say to that. And I think you prob- you're probably in the ballpark of 50%. About 50%. Now, 
I think there are a percentage, a good percentage of those fans that, that can be turned. Played great, would he, be they turned. Can, they can be turned. Yes, they can be I turned. I also think you could not like Watson because he hasn't played well, or not like him because of the off the field stuff, and that doesn't necessarily mean you can't be fair about where he's going to be ranked. It's very tough. Well, listen, we it's all tough. have our biases. Th- think right? about it like this: Baker on there is eighteen. Baker shouldn't be eighteen. Baker was twenty, wasn't he? Twenty. Baker was, was twenty. Baker, Baker was should 20. be higher than that. Purdy was eighteen. Higher, like in the top, like high, like ranked higher. If you base it on last year, his Brock season, Purdy and Baker should both be, be higher, higher than, than that. Well, but they don't like, but, but Baker yeah. has a contingency of people who are never going to come around on him. And you may be right. I don't know that, like, for this guy, I don't know that he he's. I, I, I think it's a little unfair to say. Well, he doesn't like this guy, and he. I mean, we all. You like or dislike a guy maybe because of off the field, but also maybe you just don't like their game. I mean, he's got, like I said, Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, and Tua are all way lower than most people would put on his list. Those guys don't have really haters in that way, the same way that Baker and Deshaun do. I think the, the linchpin of the argument is what Earl said. He got he got Richardson there, and Richardson played like three games. He got hurt like in I, four games. That was stunning to me, but he's also got... I, I mean, Jalen, but then he's got he's got Richardson who proved nothing at high yeah. and guys who have proved things low because I feel like his list is based on what his expectation is for next year. If you ask more me, than, yeah. Will Levis has more that he's shown you than even even uh, Richardson. Will Levis is at 28. He did yeah. go into Miami and get a win. Like, Will Levis didn't play like, like he's not a gangbuster or something, yeah. but... I mean, Justin I, Fields showed, showed the Richardson me Richardson one is kind of the craziest. He played four games last year. Yeah, I like Richardson more than Will Levis, but Desmond Ritter shouldn't be ahead of Will Levis. I mean, Desmond Ritter, I have no hope for at this point. I think he, at all. he's not any good. Kyler, now, that doesn't mean I'm right. but Ky- I, Kyler Murray's at 11. Yeah, and like Kyler Murray. Geno Smith not, is at 12. Yeah. Whoa. Geno Smith ahead of Jared <laughs> Goff. I don't yeah, th- That's why we didn't want to – like, this yeah, list I was I different. Don't, I, let, well, Gino, let me ask you this, though, because this is this, the second part of the question here. If the ranking was based off what do you expect for 2024, if that's just the criteria, you're ranking guys, what you expect for them next season, where does Watson fall in, in the 1 to 32 rank? Is he top 10, 20? Well, well, this is, this is wrong writer. Just, and, just this your, your opinion. Season. Wrong writer and different. He got to be inside that top, like twelve. He's, but will he be? No, he, like he's top? acting like based on like what yeah. you think of him for twenty twenty four. That's think who you rank in the top twelve. Yeah, that's okay. who you starting him by like today. Like he started 12. off as twelve. Twelve, and, and 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 it's because that's my expectation, and that's where they got to have him at like that. Like this is, this is all, this is, I love the pressure. As a matter of fact, if, if I could, I'd tell him, put him at a 90th. So, <laughs> so he can have that chip on his shoulder and go out and play, play ball. But top 12 is, is the expectation level. Here's the thing. If he plays is, if he plays like he did in the second half against the Ravens, easy top 12. All right. So if we basing it, if we're basing, Mike, this is our 2024 this projection. This is just projecting for next season. I'm going to start him off at 11. I'm just going to go one higher than you, and here's why. So you're going to hit me with the prices right. One dollar! Here's why. <laughs> I, believe the arm ta- I, I believe the arm talent is still there. I okay. believe the decision-making is still there. I believe he is still a great athlete, right? And then you look at that. The Cleveland Browns have a great team. 
You're gonna be getting your running back uh, back in the backfield. You you should everybody is gonna be all deck all hands on deck, right? If Deshaun Watson is healthy and he can get over those mental hurdles, he is just as good, if not better, than a lot of these dudes that's playing quarterback in the NFL. So if if that shoulder is can hold up and he's really like kind of reached that next level and over the mental hurdles, then I have no reason to believe that Deshaun Watson will not end this season at least as a top six or seven quarterback. Yeah. So for right now, all things equal today, I give him at 11. That's why I projected. I'm going to start him off at 11. The best argument, the, the, the highest I could talk my – I was just looking through all the quarterbacks quickly. Mm-hmm. And the highest I could talk myself into was 16. That was the highest I could talk myself into because I can't put – here's the guys I can't put him ahead of. Now, okay. Now maybe you're going to have a couple of these guys, and you and you feel like there is an argument to put him out of these. And just for just for a clip for purposes, this is just based for your 2024 this projection. Is just that's like, it. Who's going to have a better season next year? And there's 15 guys I just couldn't. I actually probably would put him closer to 20th, but there were three or four guys I said I could make an argument for put, that Deshaun could have a better year than those guys. But here's 15 guys that I can't make an argument for Deshaun having a better year than, in my opinion. Mahomes, one, Lamar, two, Josh Allen, three, Justin Herbert, four, Matthew Stafford, five. Now, you can argue Matthew Stafford, I guess, because he's older. And Herbert. He was just so good. I can argue Herbert, too. Also what? I can also argue Justin Herbert. I can't see it, but okay. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Dak, six, Stroud, seven, Trevor Lawrence, eight. I'm sure the people that argue that. Nine, nine, Burrow, ten, Love. Uh, 11, Kirk Cousins, 12, Jared Goff, 13, Aaron Rodgers, 14, Jalen Hurts. Uh, uh, sorry, I took out Cousins. So 13, Jalen Hurts, 14, Brock Purdy, and 15, Tua. Those are the 15 guys I, I can't make an argument. Now, I, I, you there's probably a couple that you can of those Trev- guys. Trevor Lawrence, you could make an argument for. Yeah. You could also take a look at, I, I, listen. Purdy? That, Purdy's a guy. That, Tua? Dak Prescott, forty six hundred yards. Dak Prescott. Dak, Dak I think I think it's four or five guys yeah, you can make a, you can make an argument for the shot of a better. Season I, I think it's Prescott. four or five guys that you can make an argument for. Yeah. So I mean, depending on the argument, I don't think where me and you have them is kind of out of line because Bull got him at sixteen. If you made the argument for if four you can dudes, make an argument for a couple of dudes, and you got to think about it this too, Bull. Yeah. They they gonna throw the ball more. If they throw the, like last year, you got to think. I mean, what, their offense was not like, oh, let's throw the ball downfield or anything. Yeah. If you throw the ball five to eight more times a game, yeah, his his now his yardage could theoretically be even if he's playing medium sauce, thirty eight hundred yards. I, I hope he can. I, I was excited as anybody when the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson. I still had a lot of faith going into it. I've lost a lot of my faith in him. I think his, I I. I think we're living too much off that second half against the Ravens because nothing else he's done in Cleveland has impressed me. Nothing? Nothing outside of that second half. I thought he played good against the Titans, too. I, he did play good in that game, but that, and that was the only game that he threw for a good completion percentage. Like, this guy was known for his accuracy, and he hasn't been very accurate here. Now, I know a lot of things have factored in. His mental state, the time off, the injuries, these all factor in. But... When I make my projections going forward, I gotta factor those things in, into at least some degree. Let me ask you this: I, They're not gonna all disappear, I don't think. Let me ask you this question: um, Yeah, if you just put T. Higgins on this on this roster, yeah, would you have more confidence in him? 
No. And here's why. My confidence is that my 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 dipping confidence is that a he's had a lot of injuries mm-hmm. and missed so much time. Okay. That I think that that plays into it that that he is somewhat lost that guy he was. And when I watched him play over the last two years, he never looked... When I saw him play in Houston, he looked special. I watched him play, and I said, that's a special quarterback. And I I have not seen that here. I just haven't. Now, you could argue that you've seen it. For me, I haven't. The Baltimore second half, maybe... And that's it. Could you could could you could you also take in consideration that maybe that what the Haslam's are seeing is the fact that all right he hasn't looked great, but what we was running and what Houston was running is two different things. That listen, all these things could play a role. I didn't say I have zero confidence in right. him bouncing back, and that's why there's confidence. I was just when the Browns traded for him. My, I was 100%, 100% certain he was going to be great for the Browns. And then going into last year, I was still like 90% certain he was going to be great for the Browns. And now I'm like, all right, it's 50-50. I, and and my and even the 50% that thinks he can be really good still, I, I thought when the Browns traded for him, he could be, outside of Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL. That's gone. I, I, and, and again, I hope I'm wrong. I don't see any. I don't see any way he gets into that group anymore. Could I see him be in the next group, six to ten, six to twelve? Yeah, I think it's fifty-fifty. He can get into that group, and that's good enough. But he, I, the, what I imagined him being for the Browns, I now don't think he can ever be as good as I thought he would. I still think he can be good, but I'm even not as confident in that again. And and time will tell. There, I think sometimes when we talk about it, we talk about it in terms of we we were sold that every single quarterback, if you have a if you're a franchise quarterback, it don't matter who your coach is, it don't matter what your weapons look like, you gonna make everybody better, and you can just have that person and win. I don't, I've never bought into that concept. I believe that there's a few special people in the world that can get that done, but for the majority of people, but I thought he was one of those guys. Yeah, that, so here's the that's thing. That's what I thought. So I, think I that's thought a, he dis- was that guy. And so that disappointment hits you, yeah. and you're like, well, listen, I thought he was going to be that. Well, well, if he turns out, he, he's not that. But guess what? You can win being a top six guy. You just need to have the right <laughs> offense, a good yeah. coach. You got to have some weapons, and you got to be able to win in a different way. Yo, real quick, Mike, before the read, I, can't, I think we was doing one of our first episodes of Behind the Glass. And I told Mike, for me, Deshaun Watson's success in Cleveland will never be measured in stats, right? To me, it's going to be measured in those key moments and big games. Uh, To me, a franchise quarterback, no matter how the game has went throughout the game, but when it's crunch time and when it's winning time, if he can go uh, go out there on the football field and take us on a game-winning touchdown drive, then okay, cool. And if you can do that more often than not, that's how I'm going to measure you. Because at the end of the day, We've talked all the time. Deshaun yeah. Watson was brought here for those few moments throughout the season when you need your quarterback to be a game changer and make a big play to go get you and a And for dub. two years, he hasn't been And that. so, like, again, when we talk about recency bias, yeah. the last time I saw Deshaun Watson, 
he did that, right? No, he didn't. He didn't get a touchdown that last drive. But he took us on a game-winning drive. But you said a game-winning touchdown drive. My whole drive. point, well, I mean, you could try to paraphrase what I said. No, I spoke I, no, I spoke proper. I spoke proper. Oh, but okay. my bottom yeah. line is yeah. he led us on a drive that ultimately led us to winning the football game, right? Yeah. And that's what franchise quarterbacks do. But one do. time in two years is not enough. I don't know how many game-winning drives he got for the Cleveland Browns. I didn't do that type of math. One. I'm just telling you how yeah. I measure a quarterback. I don't yeah. care about the, the stats and the completion percentage and this, that, and the third. I personally don't care about that. I ain't saying nothing new. So you new. care more about I one said this comeback before. win. I'm just telling you what yeah. I said before this last season even yeah. started. I will never measure Deshaun Watson based on how many passing yards and this, that, and the third. Is he leading the Browns to victories? And is he is he leading us on game-winning drives when we needed the most? He led you a That's the victory. only thing I right, care about. we got to leave it there. we got, we got our guest. we got our guest. We'll talk. Obviously, this won't be the last we this come conversation. Back to this. Yeah, Go ahead, Mike. We're going to bring in our guest after a quick word from FanDuel. You can get buckets this NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150. If your bet wins, you can bet on all your favorite NBA teams and players on FanDuel with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS and shoot your shot. FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. And now we are thrilled to welcome on Matthew Hamacek, the director and executive producer of the Dynasty New England Patriots. The new 10-part docuseries premieres this Friday on 216 Day on Apple TV+. Plus. The first two episodes released on Friday, and here is the director and executive producer, Matthew Hamachek. And part of the first episode revolves around Bill Belichick's time here in Cleveland. Matthew, thank you for taking some time to uh, hang out with us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Matthew, let's, let's dive right into that because obviously some fans in Cleveland, you know, we're, we're a huge football town, so some fans might be interested in, the, in, the, in this documentary because it's about Bill Belichick, it's about the Patriots dynasty. But specifically for Cleveland, as Mike just mentioned, that it starts with his years in Cleveland. How would you kind of, what would your recap of his time in <clears throat> Cleveland look like? Well, um, I, would, I would quote, you know, uh, Jackie Mackey, uh, the, great, the great sports journalist in Boston. And, you know, she sort of described it as an underwhelming stint as a head coach. And so... I think the reason that we really dive into that story in the series, especially in episode one, is because, you know, in, Cle in, in New England at the time, what you had was a quarterback who was the $100 million quarterback, uh, the, the, the big star basically on a team that was not doing that well in Drew Bledsoe, who had gone down with a horrific injury against the Jets earlier in the 2001 season. And then he gets cleared to come back. And... Meanwhile, this young unknown named Tom Brady has basically been out there and, you know, he's been doing pretty well, uh, but against the, the Rams in, um, it, it, again, sorry, against the, one of the opponents that year hadn't done great and Belichick had a really tough call to make. And the reason that the, the Cleveland story is so relevant is because Belichick sort of faced a similar decision with Kosar in, um, in Cleveland and what to do there, because as I recall from the stories that we were told in the, in the series, I think Kosar had broken his leg or hurt his ankle or something like that. And, and when he came back, he just wasn't as mobile and wasn't as good as he was. And that led to this press conference where Bill says something to the effect of, it was a decision because of his uh, diminishing physical skills. And then you see the way that that decision is reacted to by 
people in Cleveland, both journalists and fans alike. And, you know, a few years later eventually leads, you know, to art moving and the reaction to that. So um, that's the reason we focused on it. And um, it, it was a really interesting story to tell uh, relative to the decision that Bill had to make with Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady. You know, Matt, I, I look at it. You take a look at those, those early years with Belichick. And one of the things that stands out is his coaching staff and the people that came from it. Uh, Nick Saban, you have, I believe, Kurt Ferentz was on our uh, staff. I think even maybe even Gruden might have been, um, um, you know, cut their teeth. Jim Schwartz was was under Bill Belichick as well as a staff assistant. And it just seems like with, with the Browns, it was like it was an experiment um, that was a little early before his time. Didn't really have time to, to really gel and, and to see see it through. And a lot of people, you know, have always thought you go back and look at it and say, man, what would have it been if they would have had time, if they would have been able to do it? Um, and then obviously the team moves. Um, does Did you get the perception that he looks back at that time and says, you know, that was a great experiment. If we would have had time to do what we needed to do, do you think it, we, he, they would have been successful in Cleveland? I have no doubt that that's that Bill probably looks at it that way. <clears throat> but, you know, you mentioned all these people that came through that that system, that system in Cleveland. The thing that I think about are people like Ernie Adams, who was there in Cleveland and then went and worked with Bill in New England for 20 years. Also, Scott Pioli, uh, who was there, who ended up becoming the vice president of player personnel uh, with the New England Patriots. And both of these guys have never really gone on the record about Cleveland or about their time with the New England Patriots. And to have access to them, Ernie Adams in particular, we had 15 hours of interviews with him. And I think both of them, along with Bill's interview in our series, really gave us great insight to the way that the coaching staff looked at all of these things. And they took us into the rooms when they were making these tough choices and those choices sometimes led to great success, like the choice to go with Tom Brady early on. They also take us into the room when there are choices being made that ultimately lead to the unraveling of the Patriots dynasty. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, Matt, for me, you know, I, I was I was a kid. Like, I was, I was damn near a baby when Bill Belichick uh, <laughs> coached here in Cleveland. Based on the people that you've talked to, even if you've talked to Bill Belichick himself, uh, how do people, I know you said on the coaching aspect, it's kind of like an incomplete or he didn't get the job done. But does he ever speak about like how he enjoyed Cleveland, didn't enjoy Cleveland? Is there some bitterness there or is this like one of those places that, you know what, I wish I can kind of, you know, kind of seen it all the way through? <clears throat> you know, the truth is I, I didn't go that that much into depth with uh, about his time in Cleveland with him. A lot of what we're using there is archive that we found. And it's, I think what's so remarkable about the, the footage that we found is he, you know, in, when, by the time he got to the Patriots, I think 
you know, he was a little bit more closed off. His press conferences became more of the we're on to Cincinnati, you know, kind of one word, two word sentences kind of thing. Um, but in Cleveland, what you see is a guy who would invite local uh, sports uh, personalities in to film with him for a while and be there in team meetings, be there at practices. And he really opened up and gave access to people at that time. And, you know, one of the things that somebody told me that isn't actually in the doc is that that moment that um, when Bill says the stuff at that press conference about Kosar and and um, <clears throat> and uh, in, in the reaction to it and how much vitriol there was for that is one of the reasons that Bill sort of developed the personality that he did in New England, right? Because he learned his lesson that when you get up in front of the press, even if what you say is the, is the honest truth, it, it, it sometimes has negative repercussions. So why get up there and continue to say these things that, you, you know, that are going to burn you in the end? So I think there's a lot of lessons from Cleveland. But obviously, this, the story that I was telling wasn't the Cleveland story. So we were only able to go into a little bit of it. Once again, you can check out the Dynasty New England Patriots on Apple TV+. Plus. It debuts this Friday, February 16th. Matt, we'll get you out on this one, but you spent time with Brady, with Belichick in your previous work. You did a, you helped direct and produce a documentary on Tiger Woods. Is there any common thread of greatness you picked up from working with those three individuals? Robert Kraft as well, if you want to go forward. But any common personality traits or characteristics you picked up that all four of those all-time greats all had? Yeah, work ethic. Work ethic. I mean, it's the, it's a it's a simple answer, but these are people who wake up every morning. The only thing they think about is getting better at their craft, and um, you know they all came to this. They all came, especially you know the three pillars of the Patriots in in Kraft, Belichick, and Brady. They came at it from different mindsets and with different expertise, but when you think about what they were able to accomplish and what they sustained for twenty years. It's remarkable, and um, you know, I didn't grow up a Patriots fan. I, uh, you know, my some of my family members are grew up near Green Bay, Wisconsin. So much like a lot of people in Cleveland, I think you know, I was indoctrinated in it at a young age, and you know, mo- every other team in the league, you know, lo- and fan base in the league looked at the Patriots with envy and I know personally a little bit of jealousy uh, on my part for what they were able to accomplish. But in the end, what I've realized is that it was due to an incredible amount of hard work and, and determination and it's something to be admired. Matthew, appreciate it, man. Great. Best of luck. We'll be all watching on Apple TV plus. Can't wait. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. You got it. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. Once again, that debuts on Friday, the Dynasty of the New England Patriots. You can find it on Apple TV+. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.